Media MD, your fortnightly dose of media that you have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And we are back this fortnight to talk about Final Space, which I prescribed to everybody last fortnight. Um, should we jump right into it, Elliot? What are your thoughts on Final yeah. Space? Um, okay, well, I'll start with the traditional plot summary. Yep. Um, which is basically the show's centered around this guy called Gary. Gary Goodspeed, I think. Yep. And he is in prison, uh, and in the future, prison takes the form of they stick you in a ship by yourself, but give you, like, robots to sort of keep you company, but not really keep you company. Mm. To, like, you know, manage you. Yeah, or, and also there's, like, a there's a robot there that's specifically designed to stop him from going completely insane due to isolation. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the effectiveness of which is debatable, but... um. Anyway, so then they, they send him around space doing chores uh, until his sentence is up. And while he's doing one of these chores, he encounters uh, a little green thing that was probably the highlight of the show uh, mm-hmm. called Mooncake. Um, anyway, then it turns out Mooncake is actually this like super powerful planet-destroying creature made out of this stuff called Final Space, which sort of gets explained more later on. Mm-hmm. Um so David Tennant is the bad guy and he's trying to get Mooncake so that he can open a door to Final Space, which, you know, is meant to be a good thing, but turns out isn't. Yeah, it, it's kind of this thing where, oh, if you open a portal to this place, power untold, etc., etc. Yeah, but really it's full of monsters, it seems. And then, you know, then there's a host of other characters and it feels kind of weird to skip over them like that because they were far and away the more interesting ones but uh <laughs> other people come in and out and and help but in the end they they sort of saved the day a little bit i don't know it's clearly set up for mm. another season they're not expecting it to end where it did yeah definitely um but yeah you're right that those characters aren't as like pivotal to the plot as as gary and mooncake are oh uh, and even uh, it was funny because you you told me that david tennant played the villain yeah and I, wait, I couldn't pick it. Like he, he, it was, it was funny. Like even the whole time I was watching, every time he spoke, I was barely listening to what he was saying for most of the show. I was just thinking, like I was trying to hear David Tennant behind the, the voice and I yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah. Sometimes uh, and pati- <laughs> it's hard to tell that it was him, um, but it was, you could hear it at points. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't, but IMDB says it was, so I, I'll, I'll believe it. Um, yeah. But like, cause it was even weirder to me because According to IMDb, the the main character Gary wasn't played by Will Arnett, but that was all no, I could hear. No. Like, interesting. Yeah, uh, this, like this dude, the guy who actually voices him, his name I can't remember. Like he just Olin must sit Rogers, at home doing. Who's the creator of the show as well? Okay, he must just he must just sit at home doing Will Arnett impressions because. <laughs> yeah, well, I spent about I spent about three or four episodes legitimately believing it was Will Arnett because you know they had David Tennant, so I thought, well, why not? Yeah, if you can land David Tennant, you can definitely land Will Arnett. <laughs> um, yeah, the, then I sort of was scrolling through IMDb and didn't see Will Arnett and was really confused for a while. Um, so that's just a weird aside. Yep, all right. So we've, um, we've covered that the voices didn't sound like the people. <laughs> so that's a good place to start with any review, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a show... I have very mixed feelings about. Mm. In fact, I have a theory that you prescribed this to me just because you were hoping that discussion on this would help you sort of actually understand your own feelings on it. Well, look, that was definitely part of it. <laughs> <laughs> because because I um 
when I finished the show, I was just sort of sitting there and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. So I started trying to talk to people about it in the hopes that that would help clarify what I was feeling. And then I thought maybe you were just doing that, but on a more Mm -hmm. public scale. Well, Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely the same reaction I had. There's so many things to like about this show, you know? Yeah. It feels like there's so many parts of the recipe. There's so many ingredients that are really great that you're like, oh, well, all these great ingredients going into this show mean that it it has to be a good show. But then you kind of just don't enjoy it as much as you would expect to. Yeah, I'm. I, I've never simultaneously loved and and hated a show this this passionately. I don't think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really confusing. Um. <laughs> just. Like <laughs> like yeah. Um. It was like, okay. I'll I'll focus in. Uh, we'll try. We'll try and talk this out. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's treat this as our therapy session, Elliot. <laughs> So I think I think any conversation about this has to start with probably the best example, uh, and as you brought up last time, the main character Gary. Mm-hmm. He he's probably one of the biggest parts of the show that just didn't work for me. It felt like mm. he was. It felt like they were going for something that was halfway between Fry from Futurama and Archer from Archer. Yeah, and, and it just kind of fell flat between them. And, and like, yeah, I don't know. Like he was crazy, but then kind of not crazy. Like it was very inconsistent. I didn't, I never knew what he was thinking or or, or what he was going to do next because sometimes he was like, you know, on the fry spectrum of being a complete idiot, and then other times he was suddenly Archer, which is just kind of very skilled but just not taking it seriously. And like he <laughs> he was constantly jumping between those two extremes, so I felt like I didn't really have a sense of what he was about. Yeah, the the part about it that was the weirdest to me was his character is clearly meant to be similar to Fry in that he's a bit of an idiot, like a, a doofus, but has this heart that, that kind of carries him through. Yeah, he was meant to be a lovable idiot. But... Yeah, but he's too much of a dick to be lovable. Yeah. Like, he's just too <laughs> mean to everybody. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, and that's sort of where that archerness comes in, because then sometimes he's a bit of an archer where he's like, actually, he knows what he's doing, he's just... He just doesn't care or something. Yeah. And let's explain that the reason that he's in, imprisoned is because he tries to hit on a girl and in doing so kind of lies about being a, a space, like a, a pilot in the, you know, the fucking Space Navy or whatever. Yeah, um, it's called the Infinity Guard, but it's the just Infinity Space Guard, Navy. That's it. And then like a war breaks out and he sticks to his story that he is a pilot yeah. in the Infinity Guard and is given a giant ship and accidentally blows up, like, a bunch of ships and some people's houses and stuff, right? Yeah, because and, and, another weird part about that is... Because uh, then he, he gets arrested because of that because he blew up, I think it was, like, 92 Imperial cruisers or whatever. Yeah. And they give him a five-year prison sentence. Now, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how the space law works, but that seems low. Yeah. Like five years for yeah. ninety two like multi billion dollar ships. I I don't know. I would have thought it would yeah, be it's higher. Co- it's 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 convenient. It's convenient. Um, look, maybe <laughs> the the justice system was a little busy that day because a war had just broken out. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, that, that's gone straight in the head cannon. That, that's a good explanation. <laughs> um, yeah, and and so it's like that. That's his backstory is a good example of him just kind of being too much of a dick to be likable. Yeah, like. At any point, Gary, you could have said, oh, nah, actually, I'm not a pilot, and then not, you know, blown up 
fucking a bunch of ships and and whatever. And and there are other examples of this where he kind of just does things that are a bit too far in the direction of being a dick to to for him to still be a likable character. Yeah. Well, and because another thing is, is like, it's sort of implied that he's gone a bit crazy in his five years of isolation because really his only companion was his uh, the bot Kevin that's meant to stop him from going crazy, but Kevin's like annoying as yeah. hell, so it kind of has the opposite effect. Yeah, but his his insanity was another thing that was inconsistent. Like sometimes, like when he was in, like working with other characters later, sometimes it was like he he couldn't really communicate or work with people anymore. And they're sort of like, Oh, it's cause he's, you know, been isolated for so long. Yeah. And then other times he was just fine. And it was, it was never really clear. Like it, it kind of just felt like it, like they took every single joke individually and were like, Oh, it'll be funnier for this one. If he's yeah. you know, insane. And now it's funny if he's sane here, like it, it didn't, it didn't really feel like it, it, he was a consistent character. It felt like he was whatever he needed to be for that joke. Yeah. It it definitely feels inconsistent. I think that's a good way to describe his character is is inconsistent, frustratingly so. Yeah, and because it because it was annoying because there were a bunch of lines he had throughout the show, particularly in the second half, that were actually very funny. Yeah, like I'd find myself <laughs> laughing at at something he said, and then the next five things he said, I'd just be like, "Oh, can we do something else now?" Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go to another character. I I think his his character kind of starts going in the right direction over the second half of the show as he, I guess, matures or becomes less crazy or however you want to kind of frame that. Yeah. But it's a bit too little, too late. Yeah. I mean, that when they grounded him by actually introducing all the stuff about his father, which probably should have come up earlier given everything, but it, like, cause yeah. his father's meant to be super famous, but yeah, that, like that, that really helped. And that was probably the, the best his character was is when he was just goofing around with his dad in that time bubble. Um, yeah, totally. I enjoyed that part. Yeah. Um, um but anyway. should we talk about some of the other characters? Yeah. So uh, well, the next one I wanted to talk about was Quinn. Cause we mm-hmm. saw already that this is the girl that he was hitting on, uh, in the bar. Yeah. And she's sort of, you know, incredibly smart and intelligent. She's one of those like people who's perfect at everything. Uh, type yeah. people um it pro- like really her character flaw is that she's a bit stuck up and and um you know thinks she has to do everything herself because she doesn't trust anyone else because they're less competent than her yep i mean fair enough in this universe <laughs> to be honest yeah yeah uh no i mean she's she was kind of right and, and that was like she, she kind of has a good arc and everything but Except for like her relationship in in quotation marks, I'm doing those, but you can't see them. Uh, with Gary, because yeah. I I I think it's something the internet does way too often these days is talk about how toxic relationships in in TV shows and movies are. Yeah. It's one of the, for almost any movie anywhere, you'll find an article saying like, oh, that's a bad relationship. It's yeah. too toxic, and and people overdo it. But that they wouldn't be overdoing it here. <laughs> Looking at it through this lens will destroy your childhood view of Disney movies or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. But it, it's not being done over here. Like this is, this is a great example of just like it makes no sense because because it's a bit of a staple of of the genre. I'd say like The Simpsons, Family Guy, uh, even Futurama to an extent. It's a bit of a thing where you have this kind of doofus incompetent guy yeah and then they have like a, a wife who's kind of out of their league in every way but they they still both do kind of love each other yeah 
and, and it, it kind of works in, in those because because there is actual genuine love and, and even though he's a doofus, he he, do, he does stuff for her. Here yeah. it's just like he's a crazy stalker and yeah. and she and she found like there's a so one of the things that happens is for his whole five year sentence, he spends every day sending her like a video diary about what he yeah. did and how much he loves her. Yeah. This is a girl he, he met for about 20, 20 minutes. <sighs> yeah. And this then, part and then, also doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> no, because then the weirdest part of it is he, he does this video diary love confession thing for, for five years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on when she sort of has to team up with him to, to do other stuff, there's a bit where she's like not sure she can trust him. And a robot shows her five years of him confessing his love to her and stuff. And her response is, oh, oh that's cute. I guess I can trust him. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't, she isn't, like, immediately wooed by him, but she takes this as a sign of, like, I don't know, heart, dedication, something, whereas it's kind of, yeah. it's creepy, it's weird, it's a uh, weird yeah, thing it's, to do for somebody that you've met literally for five minutes before you got arrested. Yeah, it's it's terrifying, and I mean, it just, yeah, I mean, the whole thing didn't kind of work for me because of that, like, it was, it was just, it was too weird. Yeah. And I feel like that's just a criticism that's overdone on the internet, but I, I really still wanted to do it here because I feel like this is a case where it's really justified. Yeah, and and obviously Quinn as a character isn't justified by, you know, her relationship to Gary, but she's a character that, that I think excels in quite a lot of areas, like, a, as a character. she She's a good character, but there's just this... It seems like everything on the show is, is only worsened by its relationship to Gary, <laughs> except maybe... The character of Cat Cato Cato Avocado, uh, um, yeah, Avocado and Little Cato are the two yeah. the two cat people, but they're not yeah. cats. They just look like cats. They just look like cats. Um, so Avocado is a a bounty hunter who kind of comes to to get Mooncake and and bring him back to the Lord Emperor, and then is kind of dealt with by Gary and then imprisoned on the ship, and then they kind of just have to end up working together, and then they become good friends. Yeah, he um, switches sides very suddenly. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, but you know, you learn about his backstory, and it kind of what what's happening uh, in his life makes sense that he would be looking for a way to, you know, uh, switch sides and and take on the Lord Emperor. Yeah, uh, the Lord Commander, but Lord Commander, sorry, um, that's fine. Uh, yeah, in fact, because because Avocado, so basically, he's he's built around the fact that he wants to save his son, who the Lord Commander is basically. Uh, keeping as as kind of insurance, yeah, as uh, leverage that, against yeah. avocado. And because this was one of the the best parts of the show to me, mostly because I didn't see it coming. So spoilers in case we hadn't spoiled most of it already. Yeah. Um. Like avocado dies in like around episode six. I think it was episode six, four. I think um, four or five. Uh. But yeah, they save they save his son, and then sort of in the process, he dies. And so his son sort of replaces him in terms of the makeup of the characters in the show. Yeah. Um, but it was actually like a pretty, pretty impactful death and yeah. it was done really well. And, you know, even Gary's reaction to it was, was sensible and, and well done. So, you know, that's <laughs> even Gary's that reaction was done really well. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then there's this, basically avocado dies and, and tells Gary to look after his son. And so then, you know the the rest of the show the dynamic is kind of gary being forced into this parental figure to to little cardo yeah. um 
by necessity. And, and I think that's quite an interesting dynamic and one that they don't do badly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'd agree. I, I thought that kind of worked well. Um, same with like, I mean, cause a lot of the things they introduced later in the season kind of had the same effect. Like eventually they bring in, uh, a version of Quinn who's from the future, who's trying to alter events cause they didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, the last few hundred times she's tried. Um, yeah. And like that whole dynamic actually kind of made the Gary Quinn relationship thing work almost for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole stuff with Gary's dad was great. I think I already brought that up. And um, it, I liked the twist where it turns out the Lord Commander was actually uh, friends with Gary's dad. And he kind of, when, when Gary's dad died in the explosion that made Mooncake, uh, the Lord Command. Well, I can't remember his actual name, but who the was nice like guy John who, or something? Yeah, the nice guy who was the Lord Commander kind of got uh, almost possessed by this yeah. this evil energy from Final Space, and that's sort of what turned him into yeah. who he is. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was cool, and I hope the Lord Commander comes back because I actually wanted to see them do more with that. They barely addressed it. Yeah, he he. They set up this not redemption arc, but at least kind of back interesting backstory. And then it never kind of became relevant. Um, yeah. Well, cause he went from being a simple, like just, I'm a power hungry villain who wants to take over to you, the universe to a, you know, more of a, um, like a possessed acolyte kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is more interesting. Yeah. It, so here's the thing about the show. We spent like almost 20 minutes just talking about <laughs> the characters, which, like, yeah. I think the strength of the show is the strength of the characters, and the weaknesses of the show, conversely, is part in the weaknesses of the character's character. Um, yeah. No, I, I'd agree, because the plot is, is solid, but not super noteworthy. Like, it, it was yeah. good, not great. Same, same with the world that they built. They didn't do too much world building. It's mostly contained to the ship, and then there's stuff around yeah. the ship but it wasn't a super interesting world it was, it was good. i think there was are really some very character show i think there are some very cool parts of this world um so the idea of these kind of titans these colossal beings that exist in final space and and um at one point the the team goes to meet this this titan who of course is voiced by keith david because anytime there's a super powerful yeah. entity it has to be voiced <laughs> by keith david um and and there's this very interesting kind of design of this Titan who's like trapped in this giant uh, box, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think there are a lot of cool, really cool parts to the world. Um, but, you know, at its core, it is this uh, almost uh, Empire v. Rebels style Star Wars story kind of uh, space opera. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't know, because I, I feel like I... I feel like I want to watch it again because what the show was, I feel like ch- changed a lot. Like the first half of the season was much more, like it almost just seemed like a generic animated show that was mostly kid oriented, but yeah. could maybe be uh, a fam, a whole family thing. And then the sort of the second half of the season was just a lot better and, and a lot more serious. And I, I almost yeah. want to go and rewatch the show with the impression I have from the finish and see if like a different lens helps yeah. uh, with the with the first half because maybe I was just looking at it wrong. I don't, I don't know. It's well, weird. I, I don't I don't think you were looking at it wrong. I think the show just kind of evolved and and grew into itself. I think this is the kind of show where it definitely feels like well this was okay. If it goes 
if it is extended, I think it will get better, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which actually brings me to a point that we discussed last fortnight, which was talking about how Disenchantment, the new Matt, Matt Gronig animated comedy, was just about to come out. Um, yeah. Did you did you watch that by chance, Elliot? Y- yeah, well, I, I didn't think I was going to get through all of it, but I accidentally watched all 10 yesterday, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I sat down to watch like three or four and I was like, oh, that should be enough for me to talk about it at least. But it, I, I really enjoyed it and ended up yeah. watching all 10. Yeah. Um, um, but I think it, it kind of has this similar thing in my mind where it's like, okay, this is pretty good. I, I enjoy this. It's, it has flaws, of course, not as, maybe not as overt as Final Space, but um, it, it definitely left me with the impression of like, this is a show that I really enjoyed but I know I'm going to enjoy more if it keeps going because it's going to grow into its skin a bit more. Yeah, the characters were were settling a bit more. It, it was, you know, something that always happens with these animated cartoon sort of shows, which is everyone's a bit... It's like reverse flanderization. Everyone yeah. starts out as just one, a one-bit thing and then they grow with the show. Uh, like yeah. Elfo was probably the best example, I think, of that. Like at the start, he was just kind of a one-hit joke and, and it got a bit better towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I agree. I'm looking forward to the next 10 episodes that come out in a few months, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did the weird two-part thing with it. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's that's Final Space and a little bit of talk about Disenchantment, not too much. Maybe we'll come back to that <laughs> another time. Um, what do you... Let's, let's wrap it up, Elliot. The format requires yeah. that you give it a number. Well... It kind of feels like I'm copying you, but I, I wanted to give this one a seven out of ten as well. Maybe, maybe seven. I'll, I'll say seven and a half, but like because it was, it was so good, and then also not like I, I I'm torn between giving it like an eight and a half and like a five. So yeah, I feel somewhere that. in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll go and seven and a half. That'll do. Um. So what's what's happening next fortnight, Elliot? Yeah. So. Uh, Next fortnight, I'm bringing you and everyone else uh, the movie, the Indonesian film, The Raid, mm. uh, and also The Raid Two. I guess see see how you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so The Raid is um, basically an 85 minute action sequence with five minutes of setup at the start, um, and then The Raid Two is 89 with with one minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah, and I mean that's basically it. I, I don't really need to go into the plot any more than the movie does. Um, oh, I can't wait to do the plot summary <laughs> next. Uh, it, yeah, so I mean, but this is just. I think what's really interesting about these films is that, like, considering it's almost entirely action. Like, I think the second one probably has maybe thirty lines of dialogue um, mm. in the movie, uh, and, and I think what's really interesting then is is how much they're adored by critics. Because uh, usually you associate action-heavy movies with not being as popular yeah. um, with critics. Um, but these two an exception. It's just because I think this is like an action mu- movie in its purest form. Like this is just, it has plot and characters as little as it needs to. And yeah. it's primarily driven by action and the action's done really well. I think the choreography of Daredevil's hallway fight scene was inspired by these films. Yeah, um, I- the, these obviously I've heard of these movies, especially the Raid Two, which is kind of thrown around as like the best, one of the best, if not the best, action movies of all time. Yeah, it's it's my preferred of the. I actually saw the Raid Two a few years before seeing the Raid. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I mean, if you just wanted to skip to that one and, and do it first, like, <laughs> uh, like I, I'd probably recommend that even, mm. like, I don't know. Like either way, uh, definitely both movies are, are very similar. Like if you watch one of these films and you don't think I want 90 more minutes of that, yeah. don't, don't watch the next one because like, I think the raid two has a lower, um, sort of rating on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, and basically the consensus there is because it's it's really doing, it's just a variant on the first one. Like you know, it's just new set pieces and, and yeah. sort of new new martial arts, but really fundamentally it's the same thing. So yeah, um, and that's why like maybe just watch one. If you just watch one in the next two weeks, I'll totally understand because. Like I watched the raid two, and then it was years until I felt like I was ready to watch the raid one because, <laughs> like, yeah. they're so similar. There's no need for you to try and cram both into. Well, I, I into might a start with the raid two then, because I, I, I've, I definitely want to see it. And I mean, if there's no plot that I need to worry about the consistency of, <laughs> uh, like it, it's a bit, but the plot is just so not important to the movie that I, yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. Like, I, don't know, I might be biased because I started with two, but yeah. Um, because right, the raid two, the the opening scene of the raid two picks up two hours after the first one, um, <laughs> and, and it's directly dealing with the fallout of of the raid. But it's yeah. just, I mean, the the plot is really just there to serve as a uh, reason for why everyone's like stabbing each other. Everyone's all the time. fighting. Yeah, um, it's yeah, yeah. All right, cool. The raid and the raid two. We will uh, check back in on those in a fortnight. Um, yeah. If you want to leave us your thoughts on The Raid, if you watch them along with us, you can do so by following us on Twitter and Facebook or checking out our website, which has links to discussion threads where you can post comments, and we might uh, feature those comments in the next show. That website, which is mediamdpodcast.com, also has ways to contact us, uh, ways to leave us a review on iTunes, which would be really appreciated, as well as all of the previous clues for the Media MD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD and why is his chocolate. Elliot, what's this week's clue? Uh, a B, like the insect, not the letter. The insect, not the letter. And we'll see you next fortnight.